welcome to the Resolution Project's Young Leaders Now podcast. Today we are joined by Abby Shimelis. Abby is a leader in development communication, a sustainability advocate, and civil environmental engineer by training. He is interested in the convergence of media, digital content creation, and creative enterprising in mobilizing efforts towards sustainable development practices. Hey, Abby, it's great to have you here. Hi, Jared. How are you? Well, thanks. So, just to begin, um, let's talk a little bit about uh, your country of Ethiopia. What are some of the the truths about your country that that we hear around the world, and and then what are some of the misconceptions? Yeah, Ethiopia, uh, so also known as the land of origins, and uh, but before that, of course, there's a lot of misconceptions uh, because of its history in general, which was filled with a lot of war and a lot of uh, bad. Uh, image it had, but most people in uh, most parts of the world uh, mostly know Ethiopia for its history of famine history uh, that was really publicized by BBC during the time at that time. So you grew up there in the 90s. Yeah, I'm a 90s guy. Yeah, <laughs> and it was it's been Addis especially has been quite a fast-growing city. Yeah, for me, um, I'm born and raised in Addis. It's uh, for me most of my experience in Addis was related to the university, Addis Ababa University, uh, which is really uh, something that is close to me. You know, bring uh, like growing up as uh, as a young teenager, in my, like I joined when I was 18. Addis is a very diverse city. It quite represents the whole of Ethiopia, dem- demographically speaking. Uh, very vibrant, very close. You know, a very close community where different socio-economic backgrounds live we met you at uh, an SVC in 2014 tell us about the project that you were pitching for for the resolution fellowship and you know what you achieved through that project my pr- our project it was me it's not only me it was my partner as well called Nahum who's currently uh, in the states we we had an idea of have creating a student led initiative back in Addis Ababa University where we can have a an awareness creation for students on sustainability issues and then came up uh, at the sustainable life as a social venture project in which we were trying to do that and basically trying to create an awareness on sustainability and bringing making making the issue more personalized to the point that what can the individual do and collectively what can be achieved within the campus setting initially which later um, after graduation we we wanted to sustain it financially and tried to turn it into a creative enterprise in which we sell biodegradable paper products for private companies local companies in Ethiopia who want to mostly for packaging utility um who want to promote themselves as eco-friendly so that was the idea it was basically a student led initiative turned a small scale business on biodegradable paper products and so what kind of awareness raising were you doing on campus we of course like growing up in addis you we have a lot of waste disposal issue you know it's a very it's a population of 4 million people in addis very like a rapidly growing urban setting usually waste proper waste management is a challenge and we it was like it's a it's a problem you see of course sustainability issue and conservation issue are not only limited to waste management but we we said why not instead of making sustainability an issue that is broad and to the to be lived for the government or to be set aside for ngos to deal with it what can the individual do on a personal level so very simple in um awareness creation programs like seminars where we uh, on resource utilization what campus water utilization waste separation within the campus so this were the very small things we used to have in the university also trying to define what climate change is all about 
you know, what it means to the person, individual, and getting people to think about it their own, in their own perspective. Yeah. So you were doing this work while you were at school um, for a couple of years, and then you started to realize that you were about to, to finish your studies and that you needed a uh, sustainability plan for the project. So walk us through kind of your thinking there and how you started to uh, move into biodegradable products. That was uh, one of the biggest challenges we had to face. Uh, yes, you can create this program, run it f- for a while, and then uh, mostly it's expense, mostly expense-based. You know, these are events we're talking about, campaigns, hiking trips, these seminars. But we said, okay, what can we do after graduation that can help the, this campaign in a way financially sustain itself? So that's how the idea of the biodegradable paper products came about. In a way also to show, loc- because local companies are, you know, they're fastly merging in Ethiopia, big corporates opening up. And although there's no plastic ban in place, we wanted to encourage companies to buy our products and so that they can package and distribute their products using our package. And that way, trying to you know, uh, raise the awareness somehow on the importance of doing this. Mostly, we, we, we came up with the idea of Add the System Life somewhere halfway through our engineering schoolwork. It was, it's a five-year program. And somewhere down around third year, I kind of figured out that you know, I got closer into the creative enterprise. And also, my minor was closely dealing with the subjects as well. Most social ventures, especially in Ethiopia, the thing is, for you to run a social venture program, there's not such a legal framework or registration framework that allows those kind of activities to happen. Either you're a registered business or you are an NGO or an association. And we are kind of in the middle, like we don't know where to place ourselves. That's how we, we're trying to financially sustain it uh, in a way and go into venture into the business side of it. Yeah. And, and how did you figure out how to, to classify your organization? Did you, did you have some legal help there? Yeah, um, it has a lot to do with, of course, you have guides within the resolution project who have experience in such kind of activities and we're trying to contextualize it within our uh, situation. Uh, basically, we're trying to discover on our way. We didn't know a lot of things figured out. It's uh, We're trying to learn and do it at the same time. We're mostly it's by asking people who've been who've tried to develop something similar. We're trying to try to figure out on our way. And around about the same time was when some large companies such as Coca-Cola were moving from glass to, to plastic, right? Yes, that's right. That's and, right. And that was kind of causing causing issues uh, for the environment there. Yeah, and uh, you'd be surprised. Like this thing happened in. And a very recent, uh, it's a very recent happening, probably the beginning of 2013, like around that time, where these companies started producing such products. Mostly we used to consume our sodas with uh, glass bottles. And because of it, there's a large market out there. You know, Ethiopia is now a hundred million population, uh, a lot of young people coming, you know, predominantly 70% youth. And there's a growing market, but we, there wasn't a right f- uh, plan to address how the waste is going to be happening. These companies usually dive into the production quickly. You try to think about the solution afterwards, yeah, after the damage is done. Talk a little bit about the success of your, your biodegradable products and how you went about um, selling them to, to large companies. Yeah. So during its running time, Addis Sustainable Life reached out to six local companies like as clients and which uh, bought into our products uh, they also were interested in promoting themselves as eco-friendly 
and want to invest a little, you know, they mostly will invest on the aesthetics part of it. It's not that the bags would be outperform other bags. It's a matter of uh, uh, buying into the idea uh, because most of their brand essence they focus on is uh, promoting themselves uh, uh, on eco-sustainability. But uh, um, it was mostly it was these clients that buy into our idea and products and values. And so success was also partly as you can you have to divide it in two. Mostly the awareness creation at the university we had about 50 active members uh, and also conducted some uh, challenge competitions on dustbin collection uh, designs in which how we can efficiently place them within the university so we had a group of five people calling upon experts to evaluate them and you know this kind of activity so I believe the impact is more on within the university initially and then when when we went out of the university I think it was reaching out these clients and pretty much understanding what are the potentials in the industry for me personally as the success for me was that and we had five uh, benefic direct beneficiaries from the project in which there are paid stipends in which to market our products um, which kind of eventually led them into other internship and get into uh, climate negotiation spaces eventually um, of course it is their effort but that's how we started really actively engaging and connecting with uh, these people so I would say in this area those so I would divide it into those who are um, engaging in our project the five of them including myself and then the university space uh, the awareness creation program and then the local companies we used to reach so after uh, a couple of years of, of uh, selling these these bags you that brings us up to around 2016 right and then yeah. you kind of had a, a big switch in direction uh, in your career walk us through that switch why you you finished up uh, selling the bags and then uh, what you moved on to yeah you see most of the what I would like to also to share to our audience is that you know venture into such business uh, is not easy like in terms of um, the market wasn't ready for such products to begin with um, the, um, either you have to be a large-scale producer meaning you have to have equipment installed and uh, most of our handbags were made in partnership with uh, our partner small enterprise in which he produces the sheets and we used to handmade these packages and sell them so Around, let's say, on the third year of our um, project, we faced heavily uh, in terms of operation costs, uh, you know, those kind of, although people liked and encouraged what we we're doing and we also loved what we we're doing, there was challenge in, especially in renting an office space, you know, operation spaces was a challenge, distribution is also a challenge, so, and for, um, that was one of the challenges we, and then there was a huge change, I, uh, after termination and completion of, you know, our project, phase uh, that's when I got really interested in the creative enterprising I saw its potential of you know we're trying to do it in a small scale on a sustainable life but uh, that's how I ventured into the um, advertising industry where I started off as a creative copywriter so that's that's that uh, that was the major switch I had after the uh, termination of the venture you know advertising industry um, it was more of uh, creative content production um, developing concepts and that's how I 
got more interested in the field and saw its potential of what it can do. Mm. And so how did you become a copywriter? Was that something that you, you kind of had some connections in in that industry or uh, were, you, were you looking around for jobs and, and kind of that was available? Like how did you yeah. how did you come to become <laughs> I would, I would a copywriter? I would say I had to find a job yeah. uh, first and foremost. Yeah. Uh, I had to um, help myself as well financially. But while doing that, I wanted, I was communicating to people all the time. Uh, you know, while trying to reach out those companies during uh, at the Sustainable Lives uh, Project period, I noticed a lot of companies want to communicate their social impact uh, ideas on how th- they want to engage with community. But they, I saw a gap in uh, the effectiveness. For example, you might be a large multinational company or a big company, a local company where you're entirely focused on profit making and you're not really sure on where to direct and reach out in terms of youth activities community-led projects and i saw a gap in that and i thought mostly these things have to do with communication Uh, for me it all comes down to that you might have the resources but you need communication to mobilize so i used to work on client portfolios ranging from retailers manufacturing um, development council uh, ngos the uh, working in the advertising the advertising en- agency i used to work with gave me a chance to directly pitch these ideas to ceos marketing uh, directors and kind of you know show them what i think of an effective and creative communication should be so i stayed in the in that space for almost uh um, almost worked effective for two years and and then after that's when i decided to now move on uh with my own uh, as a freelance and individually operating on my own i can say it's, it's a good space to understand that development and communication have a direct link mm. So that's when I said, why not, if we bring these things into the addressing socially conscious ideas uh, with the right resource and planning, then we can really achieve the development side of it. Because that was the, while working in the advertising industry, I was working on the commercial side of it, which is profit making side for companies. So that's why I now ventured into the development side of communication and see how it can address issues of unemployment, mobilize peacemaking efforts, calling upon talents within the creative industry i think that's really interesting because i think a lot of people can relate you you know you started out working on your venture which was something you're really passionate about and then you you pivoted a little bit to start kind of building some skills in in a different area you know once you had built those skills you had the freedom then to to use them in in areas that you were passionate about again yeah and you know mostly it's important to pursue your passion but sometimes when you're an early career guy you know fresh after graduation you don't have the luxury to really pursue that because there's mm-hmm. a lot of things that draw your attention like you have to you know sustain yourself mm-hmm. financially and that was part of the challenge uh, confronting the challenges that came up uh, with starting up uh, a small startup in add sustainable life as a venture showed me a lot of the possibilities that are possible within the creative enterprising in Ethiopia the challenges what you have to avoid so uh, what you have to focus on it, it was a definitely a learning experience um, on its own uh, you talk about development communications what are some of the the projects that you are working on could tell us about the uh, african artists peace initiative and, okay. and your work there so after like a mo- uh, around 2017 i had the chance to freelance for a recruitment agency one of the largest called eto jobs in ethiopia and kind of go into rural universities particularly mentioning three around jimma kombolcha wello these are three universities and i was trying to tell university students look this 
this is your chance for especially for those in the third year second year sophomore and use your cr- universities as a safe space to practice leadership that was the message i was trying to tell because for me adi sustainable life came within within while i was in adisab university i wouldn't have the time to uh, experiment with it after uh, i was graduating while working in the advertising industry we used to mostly focus on short of course ad movies are short films in their way uh, from concept design to uh, execution on film making the shots and at some point i said the only way you know all of the things i talked to you about now about peace and com- the african artists peace initiative it's um, a network of artists creative talents development practitioners trying to basically young people and uh, professionals or anyone pretty much who believes in the idea of arts media and creatives uh, influencing peace building culture and development culture so pretty much using those uh, tools as an uh, an advocacy tools to uh, mobilize efforts towards development i said okay i've been working in the advertising industry the commercial side of it so this was a chance for us i also connected with like minded people who also share the same idea okay. so it's a loose network mm-hmm. of uh, these talents uh, you know coming from an engineering background most of these things tend to be technical and we don't take into consideration the human element of it meaning at the end of the day development's all about human development and g- bringing good towards people's lives so in order to do that you need peace first and foremost we have a lot of issues with uh, politics uh, you know we're having a transition more politics right now in Ethiopia uh, along with that comes different political opinions a lot of internally displaced people in between so first and foremost you need peace and the best way for me in my perspective is to use creative arts to address it and communicate and ask what is like the real questions was cr- triggering them so right now we the recent activity we had was the world press freedom day which is important to us because it involves media and it's the first time Ethiopia is hosting such event having a history of journalists being jailed you know there's a slowly transitioning democratic culture coming up although it's a long way to go so the world press freedom day was hosted in Ethiopia so the api the african arts peace initiative was able to bring in volunteer students in ushering um, media communication getting people involved in what it is to get involved in such spaces so we're trying to build that network slowly and what is the the creative scene like in in Ethiopia is it is it one that's it's growing at the moment yeah very much mm. like uh, a lot of movie fanatics both local content african nigerian nollywood uh, content uh indian uh, hollywood all of like there's a lot of huge consumption of uh, art So over the course of your career thus far you've been working on awareness raising around sustainable uh, environmental issues and you talked a little bit before about how you had you know five direct beneficiaries of of your work you know yeah. people that you employed and and gave stipends or uh, internships I'm interested in your thoughts on you know raising awareness on social issues through things like film and and art So for me mostly the the little piece of art I can say I threw was uh, maybe the the event coordination part because you know young, young people love energizing vibrant spaces where there's music where there's uh, you know beyond talks in the conference halls uh, bring them into a space where they can see live music where they can see socially conscious artists perform uh, very provoking messages you know these are the spaces we want to uh, create uh, 
so my smallest contribution on that was organizing the Humanitarian Peacemakers Award in March, uh, where we were trying to give peace award for His Excellency Prime Minister Dr. Abi Ahmed and and uh, President Isaias Afourki for for the peace efforts they're trying to make in uniting the two countries and breaking the borders between the two countries and uh, starting the public diplomacy. And also, right now, secondly, our most recent project is on political satire, in which we're on a draft phase. We don't know where still we don't know where it's gonna go. Pretty much like Trevor Noah and you know those uh, live daily shows we uh, you see on YouTube and different kind, but this time in a more hu- humor uh, it has a humor touch to it, and then logically reasoning some political debates on different sides. And I think this is powerful because it will help people logically reason these uh, ideas and say it's just a difference of uh, perspective it doesn't have to you don't have to fight over you and harm your neighbor because you have a different opinion and so we're trying to bring that up. so that's the latest development just as we as we wrap up here i always like to ask why it's important for young people to to focus on social impact you know why is it important for 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 leaders to to start young hmm. I think any organization or any company for that matter should have uh, a purpose within its community beyond achieving its uh, financial goals or uh, objective sets. Because if you're not well integrated within the community, for example, if you're a private business, if you're not well, uh, if you're not addressing uh, the community's problem in a way beyond your financial gains, you will not sustain in the long run Mo- you, you can see all uh, this big companies worldwide who are successful they have um, a purpose driven that is socially impactful as well at the same time you're dealing with people at the end of the day if you're not adding value beyond your financial gains uh, you you won't have that uh, leverage to you know expand and grow in a more sustainable way well, Abby, thank you so much for uh, sharing your story with us, right. and um, good luck with your with your future work. Thank you very much. Thanks, uh, Jared.